0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
0: Hits. Uh, now, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, yeah, COVID. By the way, in case you didn't hear, it was, like we mentioned today, it does look like the, the lockdown's going to last forever. <laughs> I just throw it out there, okay? Okay. Because there's no date in mind, you know, the Taoiseach at the tarnish to have said, let's just keep going with this. Let's just keep everywhere closed and everybody feeling miserable. So let's not even talk about that aspect of it unless you want to. Hi, Niall. Last week, I got cold symptoms, mild cold symptoms, and decided to get a COVID test. The test came back positive, And I was telling a couple of my friends in case they needed to self-isolate. One of my friends is self-employed, and he begged me not to tell the HSE that I was a close contact uh, he was with me three, day, or three days previous to the test for about an hour and we were close, uh, but he has no symptoms. He's an electrician and works for himself and he's just told me that he's just started a three-week job and he would lose over €2,000 Euro if he didn't do it and he can't afford to self-isolate or go on the PUP payment as he has a mortgage and a family to feed. Now, I will reiterate, he said he has no symptoms. The HSE called and I'll be honest, I didn't give his name, but I do feel really guilty. But if I had of, I may have lost a friend. Um, OK, so he says, what will I do? I feel really bad no matter what I did. OK, so basically, as you know, if you test positive, the HSE will call you that day usually and say, listen, you got a positive test. Can you tell us anybody you've been with for more than 15 minutes, usually indoors, by the way, they're not too concerned about outdoors, more than 15 minutes in the last it's usually the last three days or four days or whatever it is, depending on when you get your symptoms yourself. Okay, so he didn't name him, and he obviously named other people that he had, you know, been in close contact with. They would normally ask you where you've been. Uh, they ask you, you know, any other where you think you might have got it. Were you wearing a mask? All those kind of things, right? So he didn't name this guy when he should have named him, technically speaking, um, because he had consideration for the fact that this mate is self-employed. He's an electrician. And he's just started a new three week job, which will get him two grand. And obviously, he works job to job because he's self employed. Obviously, he works on his own, maybe or something like that. I don't know his circumstances. And he said that he has a, he can't afford to go on a PUP payment as he has a mortgage and a family to feed. So the guy genuinely, obviously, it's his friend. He felt bad. So he didn't tell the HSC. So the HSC, so can you tell us a list of your contacts? And he didn't mention the electrician the electrician friend, because he didn't want to get, you know, he didn't want to get him in trouble. He didn't want the HSC calling him and telling him to self-isolate for whatever reason. Now, don't get me wrong, the electrician probably could have, I mean, there's nobody going to monitor you watch you to make sure you stay home. But maybe, you know, it might go, he, he's afraid it might have got out or something like that. I don't know. So, what would you do in that situation? I mean, so many thousands of people nowadays are testing positive for COVID-19. By the way, the vast majority either get mild or no symptoms at all, thankfully. Uh, some, We'll get a little bit sicker than others. What would you do if the HSE called you and your friend said, listen, Jesus, whatever you do, don't give my name as a close contact. I can't afford to be off work. Just can't afford it. It'll mess up everything on me. Or I'm going away on holidays next week. Or, so I don't know, anything at all. But for whatever reason, they don't want to be named as a close contact. Would you do that for your friend? Or do you think that's grossly irresponsible? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-008. That's 087-188-008. David, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, David? Niall, how are you? Good. It's a bit of a tough one because it's between your friendship with your friend because he is going to find out that you told because they'll ring him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just before that, Nile, I was just looking at uh, Medjugorje site there, right? And it, it says that our lady is not going to appear anymore till the virus is gone.
0: Our lady is not appearing in Medjugorje till the, till is- the virus is
2: gone. So God has
0: Joe Welch. <laughs> <laughs> does it really say that honestly
2: yeah check it out check it out there before we come on air so our
0: lady knows
2: that she knows yeah she sent a message she's not going to appear so god help joe welch poor joe welch I'm going to someone and take the book
0: Ashley will you will you ever look for that for me I, I think David is winding me up here no
2: I'm not winding you up by hell
0: so, so, so our lady knows that there's a COVID-19 virus and she's well, not she going to appear me, you know, she, yeah she's not
2: going to appear out to is, the she so is she self-isolating
0: is she there's a picture with a mask cut off. <laughs> there, is. there is. You're a liar, David. There is not. <laughs> I'm like Dale,
2: honestly. Check it out.
0: And what? what size are you talking about? Sorry. Where? In Medjugorje. Medi- so Medjugorje, where, where would you search for that? How would you find that? I
2: just put in Medjugorje for the crack and I've spent a couple <laughs> of months <guns> out there.
0: <laughs> I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. Because that's check. that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It <laughs> is
2: ridiculous, but it's on the website. You check it out, it's banned. She's not appear until the virus is
1: finished.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and there's a mask at her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tell you, you couldn't make that shit up, really. you couldn't. I'm, lying, I'm telling you. Oh, I'll have to find that. That's that's one for me Twitter account. David, get, getting back on a more serious note if we possibly can. Oh, stop. I need a bit of a laugh tonight. That's very funny. Okay. Getting, getting back to a serious note. If you got COVID-19, right, and let's say you had a little bit of a cold, you had a test done, they said to you, yeah, David, you got your text the next day, send your your test positive, and then you're waiting for the HSE to call you. And in the interim, you rang a few of your friends and said, look, just let you know, I have the COVID, you know, and I was with you yesterday, maybe you should self-isolate, whatever. And one of your maids said, listen, Jesus, David, don't tell the HSE you're with me. I can't afford to be out of work at the moment. I feel grand. There's nothing wrong with me. I just can't afford to be out of work. Don't tell them you're with me all day yesterday. What would you do?
2: I'd tell them. You would you? It, yeah, it's a matter of, it, like, you have to think of, it's a matter of like, life or death. I know the chaps for be to work, but he will just have to go on at 350 euro a week. He's mm. risky too much.
0: Would like, you, would you, risking, okay, so you have two things to look at here. Yes, you're right in some sense. Now, maybe that might be a slight exaggeration when you say a matter of life or death. You know, the, 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 the risk is quite minimal. But in saying that, you are right. But the other, I, the other thing is you risk losing a friend.
2: You're to a friend, but your friend might be more important to him if you told him. He could be saving your friend's life.
0: Well, you wouldn't but you wouldn't be saving his life because he's the one who who told you not to say anything.
2: Yeah, but look, what about but the It's other
0: not going ma- to make any difference to yeah. him
2: personally. But what about the other people who could get infected
0: through that? From him?
2: Yeah. If he is positive? If he is positive, mm. will it spread then to the other people, to his family or kids, mm. friends? Yeah. Like, I I, I drove from Longport down to County today, twice this week, and uh, no
0: checkpoints. Well, the checkpoints seem to be mainly in cities. They don't seem to be on the the rural roads. There's none on the rural roads. No, no. And and there's none on the motorway anymore. There was one on the M1, but that's gone as well now. Yeah, sorry sorry for getting away from that. No, no, no. They seem to have all the checkpoints now around cities to stop people moving around the cities. Yeah, Correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the checkpoints were on the rural roads when you weren't allowed to leave your county, but now you're not allowed to go five kilometres, so they have them everywhere in the cities now. Hmm. Yeah,
2: well, I was in London's stores today and I was doing a bit of shopping,
0: right? Yeah, there was, there was a checkpoint there just as you <laughs> co- as you come out of the estuary roundabout. Yeah,
2: but I was in London's stores there and I'll say where oh, I Oh, in came. swords, yeah, sorry. And I picked up a tomato, right, at the me, and I went, you know the little plastic bags you poured into? Yeah. I couldn't open the up, right? So I took off my mask... To blow into it. ...wet my fingers it. Yeah. yeah. I was asked to leave the store. You were asked so, to leave the store? I was asked to leave the store I took off the mask.
0: What, just to lick your fingers to open yeah. it up?
2: Yeah. Some woman reported me to dis- security. You're joking. Yeah. No,
0: that's stupid. No, I'd often... Like, when I'm in the shop, I'd often pull down my mask for a second just to breathe and to stop yeah. my glasses steaming up. Yeah. If I, like, if there's no one around, I'd just pull it down a little bit under yeah. my nose. 'Cause I find them very very difficult to breathe in. Very old. difficult. Yeah, I'm getting but, uh, old. Yeah.
2: Security
0: has to be done. Oh well I know I would have said the security, Well, hold on, give me a good reason why I should leave. Yeah. Well you know I mean? said look at her lady's not appearing, so she might <laughs> appear here. Asking, did you find that about our lady not appearing? I think he's whining, isn't he? She she's looking on the Magic website and she can't find anything at all.
2: No, it's on it
0: definitely on it, yeah. Well, will you do me a favour? Would you where where you send me a link to it? Eh... Uh, I can, yeah. On WhatsApp. Send it on WhatsApp. I'm not on WhatsApp. Oh, for Jesus' sake. Send it, by, <laughs> send it by something. By, I don't know, Pigeon or something. Send it by email. If you put in Our
2: Lady Not Appearing in Medjugorje, it'll come up.
0: Put in Our Lady Not Appearing in Medjugorje. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say there, Sylvia, you're on Classic Kids. Say it Sylvia. Hi,
3: and I'm Our Lady's
0: Not Appearing in Medjugorje until the virus is gone.
3: Oh, Come here. Our lady is gonna appear all over us over this because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting it so wrong.
0: <laughs> Sylvia, would you what would you do in this situation? David said, even if his best friend said, Listen, don't tell the HSC you were in contact with me, I can't afford to lose some work, you'd you'd lie for your friend, would you?
3: Oh my god, absolutely. Of course I would. I wouldn't tell ta- I've told anyone that comes to my house or anyone that I visit, if anybody gets in close contact, I was not here or you are not with me. Right,
0: don't give them my name, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, I had a cold two weeks ago and people were saying to me, oh, well, would you not go and get a test? And I was like, for what? For a cold? Like, I ha- it's winter, it's January, I have a cold.
0: Well, yeah well, yeah, you um, might, yeah, well, you might have a cold, but you might also have COVID.
3: Yeah, and if I have COVID, I'm still in my house, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not doing that the same way I would in any other year. So, <laughs> like, it's just bizarre. I mean, people have lost their minds. Like... Everything, no other illness matters. Like, no. everything is COVID.
0: No, nothing. Like, no, it's not just no other illness. Nothing else matters. No, nothing
3: else I, nothing matters. Because I, I actually watched nothing RT News
0: one night and nearly every story was, was related to COVID-19 with the exception of a five-minute thing about Biden, right? And, yeah. it was, and I said to myself, what happened before COVID-19 came along? You know, yeah. how did we fill how did we fill the six one news before COVID nineteen Is there no <laughs> is there nothing else in the world actually happening? I mean, for example, yeah. the the floods in Manchester there today, you'd imagine that would have been the top story on most news channels and it was on Sky News in fairness. It was one of the big stories there, but you know, it's still COVID. COVID is still um, the most important thing.
2: It's
0: and like the, the COVID. COVID. Oh, I'm, what'd you say, David? They stop talking about Brexit. Yeah, Brexit. Well, at least they stopped talking about Brexit. But you know what? I'd actually pay money just to have Brexit come back again at this oh, stage. So,
3: <laughs> would <I. laughs> so would I. So would I.
0: I used to give out about Brexit. I'd be glad to have it back. You would, yeah. Yeah, but the okay, o- but o- Sylvia, get. I mean, it is lying. And David believes that it's a matter of life or death that you're putting somebody's life at risk by t- telling that lie.
3: It's absolutely not life or death. I mean, people need to get reality check. I mean, this has a survival rate of 99.96%. Every other well, illness... I don't know if that's the exact percent, not,
0: but that, there's different percentages <laughs> floating around. Yeah,
3: for the majority of people, Nile. The,
0: major- the vast so, majority of people, of course, won't tell. The vast know, yes. majority
3: of people. I mean, we've all got calls. I've heard people saying, oh, I know somebody who was really ill. They were in bed for six days. And I was like, so was I two years ago. I ended up in A&E on a defibrillator because I couldn't breathe because I had a bad flu. But it was a bad flu. I didn't ask the world to stop and stay at home because I potentially might not be able to breathe for a couple of days. But what I mean, about if somebody has got infected
2: today. Actually,
0: sorry, Davis, what you say?
2: What about it? You, you, you tell lies that okay, you quarantine for a couple of weeks, all that. But what about the spread?
3: Spread what?
2: What COVID nineteen? It's COVID
3: nineteen. Well,
0: COVID nineteen is the same uh, same mortality rate as the flu. No, it has. So no, 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 no. With, with respect, now you know, and I would be in agreement with you, Sylvia, that I believe a lot of it is you know fear, mongering and scaremongering, but it doesn't have the same mortality rate as the flu, and that's a fact.
3: And what is the difference in percentage?
0: Well, like it's- well, I, we had uh, Professor John Lee on there with us last week, who, by the way, is a very logical person. And, okay. and John Lee, as he quoted on primetime as well, that under the age of 70, you're less likely to die than you would be from the flu. Uh, in other words, it has a lower mortality rate. But over the age of 70, which is the very vulnerable group, you're more likely to die. So, OK, it, no,
3: I, I agree with you in that sense. So can we go back to the other arguments in terms of the Great Barrington Declaration? That let's look after the vulnerable and the
0: elderly. Look, I always thought that was a good idea, but now there's yeah. a now, now there's a vaccine has come along. Mind you, the vaccine is not going to reduce the amount of cases; it'll reduce the amount of symptoms. But but yes. in yeah, but in saying that, you know, basically what David is saying is you have a personal responsibility. Whether you believe in it or not, that's your choice. You know, and and you're quite welcome not to believe in the fear and the danger and everything else. That's that's your choice. But there are other people who are terrified.
3: Absolutely. And why wouldn't they be when they're listening to RTE, mainstream media, mainstream radio, all day, every day? You can't even turn a channel on the radio in the car without COVID ads, COVID news, COVID cover stories, COVID news talk. Everything is COVID. People cannot get away from it. Their mental health is on the floor. People are struggling. People are losing their jobs. They're losing their will to live. I mean, people are terrified then you've got the other and people. Some people are are losing their,
0: and some people are losing their lives.
3: They're losing their lives too. everything else other
0: Absolutely. than COVID. Absolutely. No, no, no. They're up. I mean, Sylvia, you're not going to deny people are lo- that people have died of COVID-19.
3: Of course they have. Okay, that's But the that's media grand. made okay. of death and is still people people as well,
2: It's a bit
0: higher than that, actually, but go on. Sylvia. Yes,
3: but like these are people at the end of their lives.
0: But that's but the, oh, okay. But that doesn't. But uh, hold on for a second. Just because somebody's on the end of the, at the end of their life, and I'm not denying that that many of the cases of people dying where the end of their life just still doesn't make it right.
3: Of course, if, it if, doesn't. That, oh, was, know, if that was you know that was your
0: mother or father, the you know one
3: thing in life. The, oh, we're sure I is thing dying. In life is death.
0: I, I understand I, that, but you'd rather not die quicker, would you? I am assuming. Oh
3: my God! If I was 83 years old, Nile, I would definitely not want any of the younger generation losing decades of their lives because they wanted to spare me a few months.
2: Sylvia, my son, 23. Last March, he got it. Well, he, was,
0: he was 23, is he?
2: He was 23,
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay.
3: Okay.
2: And he got He had it. Okay. Now, and, uh, he, he just lived with the at the weekends, all right, but he wasn't feeling well one day and he wasn't here and his mother rang me then. He tested positive. Okay. But he's okay now. He's grand. He's only 23 years.
0: Uh, I well, wondering what the point you're trying to make is. So your son got COVID-19. He was fine. He felt a little bit unwell and he's fine now. What's the point Niall. you're trying to make, Kevin?
2: Sorry,
0: Niall. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand sorry, the point you're trying to make. I don't... I
3: don't...
2: Yes. Yeah. In, in other
0: words, every, everybody can get it. We're aware of that. I mean, even children can get it. Mind you, children tend not to have symptoms. And, and even at 23, it's unlikely they will have symptoms that if they are, they're quite mild. But I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the point you're trying to make. Everybody, we all get ill. At some point in our lives, of course. But the, the average person, David, gets the flu twice in a lifetime, and gets colds probably every year. So I, I don't know the point you're trying to make, David.
2: Well, the point I'm trying to make, like, like you, you have to protect the people. Like, you can't go around and say, like, if you have the virus, you have to tell the people you have it.
3: <laughs> Do you tell everybody that you have a cold? No, you no, don't. You say about. Bed well, you would. Of days you say about. Ah, you way.
0: do. You do tend. To, I mean, when when, well, when, when before COVID well, came so along, you when you do, had the flu, you're
3: a man. Yeah, you.
0: well, exactly. Yeah, most men would. I mean, you, when you go back before COVID, if you had, you know, you'd always tell people, you ring them at to the Jays, I'm dying with a dose, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: You yeah, the you'd tell
3: the people that needed to
0: know.
2: Yeah. Niall. you would tell you the, the world. If you had the flu before, the, if you walked in the room, oh yeah, I had the flu. I said, oh, have a uh, have a whiskey or something, you know. Yeah, a toddy, to a hot toddy. A hot to toddy. Now, you're not going to walk into a shop and say, yeah, after COVID
0: 19, people are on the mile. <laughs> I tell you, if you um, wanted the shop to yourself, that'd be a great way of doing it. Walk into the middle of a shop and say, I have COVID 19, and watch the shop clear, clear out very quickly. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean that. I shouldn't make a joke about that, but that's probably what would happen. Uh, okay, somebody says, no, I can't believe Sylvia. She's clearly one of these deniers. Well, she didn't deny COVID 19 exists.
3: No, I didn't.
0: No, and I don't think she did. I just don't believe that she's as worried about it as many other people might be. She doesn't seem to be worried I, about
2: it. You seem to be very, you seem to be very relaxed today. See about it.
3: I have, I've had it. I had it back last March, and I was in bed for nine days. But I'm 44 years old, and I am well able to fight off the flu like I did a few years ago when I was in bed for like nine days with the flu and ended up in a d. So, it's no worse. At so all you ahead, in okay. your
2: experience, yes. If you go again, you, do you reckon you'd fight it off at the second time?
3: Of course. Oh, come here.
2: The chance to get really right, the Well, right.
0: respect, David, she's probably not going to get it a second time.
2: Well, that's true, yeah.
0: Yeah, because according to the scientists, it's unlikely, very rare, that she would get it a second time. And even if you did, uh, she's already had bad symptoms already, as she explained. So, it's unlikely she would get them again.
2: But is she only exactly. saying that because she got it, and she won't get it again.
0: So you're th- you thinking you know, she's saying it because she's invincible or something like that?
2: Well, she got no. it and she won't get it again. So she basically doesn't care about who gets it.
3: I do care. Of course I well, care. Well, you don't sound... I you don't sound like everybody. Everybody's life matters. But what about the people that are committing suicide? What about the mental health issues? What about the children with disabilities who are struggling at home, trying to teach classes? I mean, my child is autistic. And I'm not going into the vaccine thing, because I'm not going to be called No, that. please,
0: yeah, yeah, no, that. that's nice, that's nice. I won't.
3: But at the end of the day, I do have a child who has autism, he's struggling at home with this, people are calling it homeschooling, it's not homeschooling, it was, It. we are forced to try and teach our children at home. It's not a choice, homeschooling is the choice, but skilling is not. And then you're getting teachers, like, who are cancelling classes, they're not doing PE, they're not doing SPE. they're not doing home economics. Every time I look at the kids, they're watching the Kardashians, they're on their phone, and I'm like, why aren't you doing your skill work? They're only in first year. Why aren't you doing your school? Oh, the teacher canceled the class today. Oh, there was no online classes today. And I'm like, so you are doing about 40 minutes' work for like a six-hour day.
0: And you watch the Kardashians see. for the rest of the day.
3: And they're watching the Kardashians. Like, I'm absolutely appalled. I'm like, torn that off. What is it teaching the kids like? And then a science teacher the other day, Said to somebody was listening to their child's uh, science teacher online, who said, "Red Bull was good for you." I mean, what are they teaching the children in school when they are? Who
0: teachers? said Red Bull was good for you?
3: One of the science teachers, somebody online posted up and said she listened to her uh, child science lesson online, and they the and teacher, the teacher
0: said Red Bull was good yeah, for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, mm. nah. Is- mm. I, that, that would worry Dad. me now, in fairness, if you have a science teacher telling you that. Don't get me wrong, I drink Red Bull, but it's, I know it's not good for you. Oh, well, it's okay, well, not
2: good for you. No, but, no, would you have
0: no problem sending your kids back to school, uh, Sylvia? I Too much downtime. of it is not good
3: for you. We'd probably
2: out, argue.
0: Uh, so, my children okay, we've got into a million topics here. Let me get back to what we're talking about. So, Sylvia, you wouldn't be... If, you, if your mate said, don't tell the HSE, you wouldn't be telling them. Right, stay there no. for a second. Dermot, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Dermot? Mark, well, good evening, how are you? I hope you're, good. I hope you're not coming to Medjugorje to see our lady. According to no, David, but... according to David, she's gone until the COVID comes, uh, is gone. Or comes or no, goes away. No,
4: I'm going I'm I'm to tell you, I've, uh, I was tested positive yesterday.
0: All right, okay. How do you feel?
4: Brutal. Absolutely <laughs> brutal. I have been... Just a week, last Thursday, I started to feel a bit unwell, sort of pain behind the eyes, headaches. Um, by Friday and to Saturday, it took over the whole body and by sweet Jesus Christ I have never experienced pain and when
0: you, when you, pain, you say when you say pain okay let, can you just describe it is it well, like they, is it like a very bad flu
4: a very very bad flu aches okay. and pains I mean bone the fucking aches and pains from head to toe and it never lets up never never lets up and it maybe it's like a, a flu poisoning you get waves and then it sort of eases a bit and then it comes back again
0: and what are you are you dosing um, yourself with paracetamol
4: not really, not to any great extent. There's, uh, the GP said there's no point. There is no cure for it. There's no well, no, but the, the paracetamol can ease pain. Well, it can to a certain extent. Yeah. But I was I, I right through the weekend, and I said to myself, I'll just hold on there as long as I can and see you. Well, you're probably
0: through, thankfully you're probably through the worst of it anyway.
4: Yeah, I, like, I was down on Tuesday, and uh, 24 hours later I, was, I got a text to say, yeah, you've got it. And five and minutes after... The HSE Texas called you. Two, Yeah, about two minutes after the the text arrived, the phone call arrived, and it was a nice lady on the other end, and she went through everything. And, I mean, she didn't have to tell me anything I I don't already know. So she she asked you where you'd been, what shops
0: you'd been to, uh, and close contacts. Okay, so when you got to your close contacts... Well,
4: it didn't really affect me to any great extent because um, because I haven't been... Because my symptoms started last Thursday, I haven't seen anybody in over a week.
0: Right. Oh, be okay. Because because you're isolated anyway. Right. Pretty much isolated anyway because
4: I've I've been in bed and. Uh, so okay.
0: So oh good. yeah. What what is the rule? anybody for more than fifteen minutes in the last seventy two hours? Is that it? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So and you <laughs> hadn't really. So you hadn't been working or you hadn't, I been, hadn't been. I
4: hadn't been. I hadn't been. Okay. But so but
0: if, but if okay, let's say you were and let's right. say you were working doing a bit of DIY in a mate's house, right? Helping them out, put a carpet down or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And let's say the HSE didn't ring you immediately, as is the case with this chap. And you were ringing around your friends saying, listen, just letting you know, I tested positive. Yeah. You know, the HSE might contact you. And your mate said, James, whatever you do, don't tell the HSE that you're with me. I, I'm working this week. I'm on a new contract this week. I'm an electrician. I'm self-employed. I lose a bomb. Like, I can't afford to be out of work. I've got a wife. my a kid's mortgage. Nope. Don't, please don't tell them, Jeremy. Come on, I've known you for years, man.
4: If this was all... If this was all... This year, all I, like, you know, as you know, I've been banging on about it all this year, sort of pooping it, and maybe it's not as bad... Um, is that and the other? But let me tell you, having got it, I would tell you I'd have. I would not be lying to the HC now. So,
0: so you, so you, so you give the ch- my whole
4: view on the on the HC and the whole lot. They're not playing games. This is not a fucking game. This is a very fucking serious business. You know why? Playing.
0: Just because you felt unwell for a while. All yeah, of a well, sudden, because, your whole view yeah, well, has yeah, changed
4: because, because I'm feeling unwell. Yeah, absolutely. So and you know, living but, day but, but, to but day. With the great, people,
0: can, can I ask you a question? And I'm not playing it down. I don't want. I do think I'm playing it down. Have you ever had a flu before in your life? Of course. Okay. It was already All right. Okay. So, and I had two years ago, I ended up lying in my doctor's office, um, with him threatening to call an ambulance if my temperature hadn't gone down below 39 in the next five minutes. Yep. So I, I, that's how bad I was. I was off work for a week here. People might remember uh, Helena got it the week after me. I think Mike got it the week after her and he was off for a week. It was a really bad dose of the flu. I ended up with pneumonia. I had to go to A&E and get x-rays done. It was the worst. I've ever felt in my life, right? Absolutely. But it, but it didn't change my view on the flu and pneumonia. I, I knew they existed. So the, the point I'm trying to make is, why has that changed your view? Surely you've felt unwell before in your life.
4: I have, but I've never felt, I've never felt, well, to start with, I don't have a temperature. So the temperature thing is, is incredible because... Uh, Temperature's probably say, the worst part of any
0: virus, by the way.
4: Yeah, exactly. But you don't have to have a temperature. I've no, you don't have to. And, uh, my temperature is perfect. And yes, I have a head that's absolutely fucking pounding off me. I have aches and pains, which is normally the the, uh, the result of having a high temperature. So with no high temperature...
0: Well, uh, well a headache can also be due to high blood to pressure. pressure as well and things like that too. So people, if you get a headache, always be careful. It can be due to a lot of things, yeah.
4: Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't... I'm not
4: sitting here going, jeez, I'm the only one on earth. I'm only one of t- millions that have it. Some have it very mild, and that's fantastic. Some have it a hell of a lot worse than me, and that's
0: unfortunate. Yeah, and so I, I, don't, I don't. But I am know, know. sorry, and I, and I hope you do recover. And I, I genuinely do hope you were. And I know, you know, if we look at it, the, the figures there tonight again, you know, what I mean, there's a lot of people become very ill from it, and there's a lot yeah. of people, unfortunately, have died from it. And there's, there's no doubt about that. And many people who had very serious underlying conditions, it basically put them over the edge and killed them. There, there, there is no doubt about that. But I could. People will argue at me, and they'll say, "Niall, you know, people who are very serious underlying conditions can be put over the edge by flu, or pneumonia, by colds, by whatever." And I and I understand that yep. argument too. But yeah, and you know, thankfully, it's not as dangerous as we originally thought back in March. But it is still dangerous, and, it is. and and I think the biggest problem for us as a country is because of our policies and the way we're dealing with COVID nineteen. And the fact that we have 7,000 staff in the HSC who are now unavailable for work because they're a close contact, most of whom are perfectly fine, by the way, but they're a close contact. Um, Mm. Our HSC are under huge pressure, just like the NHS in England, because of the lack of staff more so than the lack of anything else. So
4: So it's the the, government's fault again. So so what is the answer to
0: know. Sorry, say that again, Dermot.
4: So, what is the answer to? Because it's not something that. Well, go, the, answer,
0: the government came up with the answer in some sense last week when they told everybody who worked for the HSC who was a close contact to come back to work and not to be isolated for 14 days because they can't afford to have frontline staff at home, you know, when there's nothing wrong with them, after they've tested negative, when there's nothing wrong with them, essentially. Yeah. and which, which makes massive common sense, to be honest with you, because realistically, if we went by last week's test results, and I worked this out mathematically in a pyramid type scheme way, that yeah. at one stage we were having 5 and 6000 cases in a population of 5 million that's quite a lot of people right yeah. per day if every one of those had and they mentioned five contacts that's 5 by 5000 is 30000 people per day self isolating within yeah. a, within a week you have 210000 people self isolating in a population where only half the population works anyway which is about 2 million people so realistically everybody would be out of work in 3 or 4 weeks
4: yeah. Well, like, well the, thing, the thing about it is, the thing
0: about it is... So you, you have to bring in a policy whereby if, yeah. you, if you're if you a close contact and you get a negative test, you should be able to go back to work again.
4: Yeah, but in, in, they're not actually testing other than immediate, very, very Well, they're still contact. telling
0: people to self-isolate. I know they're not testing. They're, yeah.
4: Yeah, they're, they are telling people, but at the end of the day, if you had your friend, uh, make and he was uh, in your vicinity, and then you rang him and said, listen, I have the virus... I'm going to have to give you your details. It you takes far away, but I'm not fucking isolated. I'll pay Grant. And you say, well, then that's fine. You do what you want to do. If you don't want to isolate...
0: But was then, you Okay, so you, then so then your maybe. friend Mick turns around to you. This is the question I'm asking tonight because somebody sent in the yeah. email. And your friend Mick says, listen, damn it, whatever you do, Jesus, don't give me a name. I can't afford to go on a PUP payment, uh, you know, a yeah. state payment because I have a big job coming up. I'm an electrician. I'm self-employed. I'm the only way to come into the house. We have to pay a mortgage. I have to feed the kids. You know, Don't do this to me, man you're, you're still going to ring? You're still going to tell it.
4: them?
0: Don't do it. No, I'm, I'm only asking, are you Are you still going to do it? No,
4: I, think I To be honest with you, I, yeah, I sort of think okay. I would, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, no, okay, a lot of people say that's the responsible thing to do. Yeah. And Sylvia, I'm looking at some of the text coming in, Sylvia sounds extremely irresponsible if she wouldn't give the names of close contacts to the HSC. What a dickhead no. thing to do.
3: <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? Well,
0: I'm just that, telling like, you what they're saying about you.
3: Oh, come here. Say what they like. I actually don't care. I don't live my life. By what other people think of me and it makes me a happier person and I've lived my life as I have always done I look after my children I look after my house I look after my job I look after my friends we've all been safe I have grandparents I have parents who have underlying health conditions I wouldn't do anything to put their lives in danger so if I thought this was a killer virus I wouldn't go anywhere I would, would you mean, when you,
0: Okay when you say if I thought this was a killer virus all viruses are killer virus and this just like any other virus does kill people Sylvia
3: of course it does. Yeah, and I'm, okay. not, I'm not denying that it doesn't. I'm really not. But at the end of the day, we've all lived with viruses our whole life. We have an um, immune system for a reason. And if we all look after And that's the fair industry.
0: enough. If we're, That's fair enough if we're good, healthy people. Generally speaking, the, the stats will show us that, generally speaking, healthy people under the age of 70 years of age are at a li- very little risk. Now, we could get quite ill, but we're at very little yeah. risk of dying. And I, I get that. But generally speak, if you're over the age of 70, your immune system it, generally is shot. Wouldn't so you go why, over 70? If I
4: could ask Nile, if I could yes. ask
0: Yes. I'm reason to one person at a time. Sorry, Jeremy yeah, go ahead.
4: Yeah, we're going to the lady there. So basically, you sit down now and you look at the Neffitt guys, you look at Hula and all the boys, and they are there, and they were on tonight, and they were talking about compliance. And George Lee from RTE brought that very point up that people, it sounds like this woman all the way, people are pissed off, they're fed up, they're tired of listening to the same rhetoric every single week. They are tired, tired of much, it. They are tired of it, and the whole of him, in fairness, he says he knows that.
0: Yeah, well Just that and, and that's is. why that's why people have become complacent. That's why the lockdown this time is not like last March. The streets aren't deserted because people at this stage and look, it's only human nature. We're human beings. We we do need, you know, human contact because there's lots of studies to prove that and show that as human beings, it's quite natural for us want to, to want to be with each other. So after a year of doing this, people are pissed off for the terms. And that, and that's understandable.
4: As am I. Am
0: I. Because they see no end in sight when you have a Taoiseach today turning around and saying, you know, he doesn't see, it. well, when they say he doesn't see an end to this, that they can't tell us yet what the story is. In other words, it looks like realistically it's going to be May before anywhere opens again.
4: But the only the only thing I could say on that is, is if it hasn't touched you in any shape or form, if you haven't got it and you haven't been seriously ill with it, it's very, like, like as I said, up to this week, as you know, all year I've been on your side banging on giving out fuck about about the government and the whole lot because this, this virus... Well, uh, no,
0: you're not on my side, Jeremy. That, I, that's a bit unfair because I listen to both sides of the argument. I do.
4: All right. No, no, no. Okay. Well, you're, okay. Well, I, so, Jeremy, I, you I, got I, the man flu
3: and now you want everyone to stay locked up in their home for that, maybe four or for five again. months. I
4: missed the first
3: part. Say that again. I said just... So you got the man flu... And now you want everybody I'm to be so locked up and
4: in their I'm home. Give me a favour. Well, and, and, and,
0: and with the greatest respect, Sylvia, he has tested positive for COVID-19. He has COVID-19. He obviously sounds like he has bad symptoms. I think that's a bit, you know, it's it's a so bit, like that's it's a bit of like a like low, like low, low. But like I No, I get, I get the point that you're trying to make, okay? I do get the point you're trying to make, but there's no need to be, you know, silly about it either. Look,
3: like, at the end of the day, he, all, like, he
0: feels shit. shit he's not he's lying not about feeling shit.
3: If people don't feel safe, well, then they stay at home. Don't expect the whole country to stay imprisoned in their own home.
0: And I, w- I, and I would agree with you if we were doing enough to protect the vulnerable people of the country. But stay there for a second because I do want to go to Aidan if I can. Aidan, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Aidan?
5: Hiya, Niall. How's it going?
0: Good, Aidan. Um, Aidan, uh, well, the question I was asking tonight was that it was a text in from a listener who basically yeah. tested COVID positive. His mate is an electrician, works for himself, has a three-week job start and then basically begged him not to give his name as a close contact because he said he can't afford to isolate. And Now, he went on to say that he did do that. He didn't give his name, but he feels yeah. really bad now for not doing that. But if he did do it, he would have lost a friend. If he didn't do it, he feels irresponsible. It's a kind of no-win situation. So, I mean, what do you do in that situation?
5: Well, I... I I'm phoning from England, uh, Niall. My, my son is uh, a doctor uh, down in Bristol. And they're absolutely on their knees. They're, mm-hmm. They've been hit by a tsunami of cases. And mm-hmm. uh, there's no end in sight for them. No. And one of the things they'll tell you is, uh, a part of the reason for it is people just aren't following the rules. And they're bending them and flexing them to suit themselves. Now, I can understand the pressure this guy is under but everyone's making sacrifices. And the part of the problem is he might feel well, he might feel that he's not symptoms, but it's who he might pass it on to going to work on that side and where they might bring it eventually. Pass,
0: so it, who, pass it, it on to somebody else, pass it on to somebody who's a higher risk, yes.
5: Absolutely. Uh, it becomes a vector for the spread of the virus. And the other issue, uh, that lady who said she recovered from it and seems to think that it's just like a man flu is this virus is mutated. Well, all, with
0: with respect, Aidan, all viruses mutate.
5: Yeah, most, like, none of them are are as infectious and dangerous as this. And it certainly haven't been since 1918 when they had the Spanish flu. So you can't compare it to the standard influenza that we've seen for the last 20 years since after the last SARS. uh,
0: Epidemic. So there's, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no doubt that unfortunately we've been hit by a virus that seems to spread very quickly, um, and seems to you know target. Uh, unfortunately, unlike, say, influenza, which targets everybody, uh, even the young as well, by the way, this particular virus seems to target the very vulnerable people, uh, particularly those vulnerable age groups. Um, now, thankfully, the data shows us clearly that for those under the age of 65, the risk is a lot lower, although you can get quite sick, quite ill. Uh, but for those over the age of 70 the virus can be quite dangerous, particularly if they have any underlying symptoms. And we've seen that from the care homes, the residential homes and all the other places where people sadly have passed away. Most of the people have passed away. And then the other problem we have is because of our policies around this particular virus, we have so many people missing in action, so to speak, from the HSE and the NHS, as your son is in the NHS, is that the few staff that are left are struggling uh, to deal with people in ICU, are struggling to deal with people who are hospitalised. Because realistically, when we look at the Irish situation and we look at the data from this year and last year, we've more or less the same amount of people in hospital this year as we had last year. The difference is we don't have the same bed capacity and we don't have the same staff because so many staff now are self-isolating. So it's a catch-22. We're in a really difficult place at the moment.
5: Well, yeah. And uh, I suppose one of the things and I understand that lady's frustration with, with the with the guidelines that uh, particularly around the schools and that was another conversation you had in the radio this morning about the teachers or mm. was that yesterday morning, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, it's terrible that the kids are losing out in their education. But uh, in fairness to the government, they're trying to bring in guidelines to control the virus as much as possible to give them a chance to get the vaccine out. Uh, and and I and I get that,
0: mind. and I do get that. But we have to be very and, cautious that the the yes, cure is not but, the cure is not worse than the virus. In other words, that more yes, people's no, lives aren't absolutely.
5: affected. Absolutely. But one of the controls for it is that if someone's been in contact with someone who's. Tested positive, is they they isolate, and the the countries in Asia who successfully uh, kept the numbers down had a very strict uh, test trace and isolation. Uh, and, and I, and
0: I would agree, I would agree with that testing is quite important. To, I mean, to, for us to control where we believe it's coming from and where we believe mostly has been affected by it and where we think the cases are coming from, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, we made a mess of the testing and tracing at the very start, but we seem to got a little bit of on top of it now. But in relation yeah. to, say, the lockdowns, only last week, uh, Professor John Lee was talking to us about a Stanford University study that was released at the start of January uh, that looked at lockdowns around the world in different countries. And the evidence from what they said in this published paper clearly suggested that lockdowns don't seem to be effective in controlling the amount of no, cases. Ab-
5: absolutely, but we're not talking about a lockdown here. We're talking about someone who's been in contact with someone who's tested positive for it and is not prepared to follow the rules and guidelines and isolate until they get a, a negative test. And that's, mm. okay, well, that's well, let's the put situation way here.
3: Way
5: Sorry, can Sylvia, go
0: ahead.
3: Put in there, can, let's put it another way then. What about everybody that is in contact with close contact whatever it might be let them isolate and let everyone else go back to work and go back to their normal lives so anyone who's in contact with a close contact stay home for 14 days but everyone else who's healthy and normal just get on with their lives
5: yeah that's How that's that? what we're that's the whole point it's well it's, it's, not, it's really really in the, in not really that's not
0: really that's not really what we're doing Aidan what we're doing is telling everybody to stay home even those yeah. who are healthy and the, I'm sure you're aware of the Barrington Declaration uh, which came out some time ago there Aidan Um, And this was scientists who came together and said, listen, we've got a plan. Now, this is, of course, before the vaccine was released. And I don't know whether the vaccine is going to make a huge difference because the vaccine in itself doesn't stop the infection. It only stops the the more serious symptoms, uh, which is a great help, of course, to those who are in vulnerable categories. But in saying that, we're still going to have case numbers. So if we want to reduce the case numbers or we want to get on and live with COVID, as, they, as we've lived with, you know, pneumonia and lived with influenza and lived with all uh, swine flu and lived with all other flus throughout the years, bird flu and all the rest of them that we've had throughout the years that we've had to live with. Uh, and this is another one. Surely we should be looking at some sort of other solution because even Professor Luke O'Neill, uh, you know, who a lot of people like and some other people dislike, said it's better to get the virus than get the vaccine. Provided, of course, you don't have any serious symptoms or end up dead from it, but it is better to get the virus because you have your own personal, you know, you have your own immunity to it then. And, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, herd immunity, herd immunity has worked for mankind since the dawn of time. And the Barrington Declaration, what it proposes is that young people are at very little risk of COVID-19. We've established that. We know that. We're all, no, nobody's going to disagree with that. And that we need to focus all our attention on protecting those who are vulnerable. So those who have serious underlying conditions and those who are over the age of 70, for example. And by doing that, we could allow everybody else to get back to what they do um, and protect people, spend all our resources, all our money, all our tracking and tracing on protecting those that are over 70. Like testing, antigen testing, every staff member going into a care home or into a hospital, for example, where the majority is spread, by the way, is actually in hospitals and care homes. So, you know, we could spend all our resources dealing with that instead of dealing with everybody else who's perfectly healthy. That's what their proposal is.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, for a start, like, the herd immunity, they tried that in Sweden and it didn't work too well. For
0: them. Well, there's, there's numerous the arguments issue, about the Swedish model, well, you know.
5: Yeah, but the other issue is that they've already shown that the antibodies after the virus only last for up to six months.
0: Well, so, according to Luke O'Neill, again, now, the latest study shows the antibodies, or you may be immune for up to 20 years.
5: Well, you can either be probably in a minority
0: there. I don't I don't think other. so. I don't, this is the study he was quoting. He said that although you may not have antibodies after three months, that your body then, what they, what your body does is antibodies tend to shed after about three or four months. That's why the HSE will tell you three months. But after that particular time, I believe your T cells uh, carry those messengers or whatever they are that create the antibodies. So the next time you're hit with the virus it automatically creates the antibodies again so that lasts for about 20 years so they they do predict that there's a large percentage of the population and um, though different scientists have different guesses on this we're somewhere between 20 and 40% of the population will never get covid-19 because they have what they call automatic t cell immunity yeah yeah so yeah. Th- the point he was making this this idea that you might get it again uh, it's quite rare extremely rare
5: right okay but but the, the government, the, the democratically elected government, has decided to go one way. And they've introduced a series of rules and guidelines. Mm-hmm. And what the, the original conversation was about is...
0: Oh, but the guy with the message, yeah. ...specifically
5: yeah. decides that he doesn't want to follow that. And he is effectively endangering other people by that action. Okay, but so, you, so you, be, so you
0: people believe people. his actions by not saying that his friend was a close contact is irresponsible?
5: Well, I'd say his friend shouldn't have asked him really in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he put you know, him, his friend not, has put him in a position, really, didn't he?
5: Yeah, he, he's not much of a friend because he's asking him to lie and break the law. i told so.
3: my friend every day of the
5: week. That's sorry,
0: sorry, Sylvia?
3: I said I would ask my friend every day of the week if it was a choice between feeding my family or telling the HSE that I was a close contact, it would be no contest. I would be feeding my family. End of story.
5: So you'd
3: be asking your friends to lie and break Of the course, one hundred percent. And if they're my friends, they're going to protect me. So, so in other case
0: words, case. if you were if you were my friend Sylvia, and I was with you yesterday, yeah. And the HSC rang me because I tested COVID positive and said, "Who were you with?" You'd want me not to say that I was with you.
3: Oh, if you said you were with me, I'd, I'd disown you as a friend. I'd just deny it. I'd say, "No, you weren't with me." No.
0: Okay, well, let's stay there for a second. Let me just bring in Emma. Emma, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Emma?
1: Hi.
0: How hey, you? I'm good, Emma. I'm good. What would you want to, in relation to this particular email which we got in, or the text you say that we got in? Um, do you think it's irresponsible not to name a self as uh, close contact?
1: I think it's completely selfish, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It is so selfish because I am a healthcare worker and I live at home with another healthcare worker. So if I don't mention that I was in contact with a healthcare worker, they have a chance of bringing the virus into another hospital. They have a chance of passing it on to someone else. And you don't know who they're living at home with. Being uh, mm-hmm. someone who's very sick, who's an elderly person, you just don't know. And there's no harm. You're just giving a name and a contact number, and they're just notifying them that they were in close contact. It's not like you're giving any...
0: You're not giving us to the police or anything like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're not, like, as
0: in... So, so the point you're so making contact. is, look, the point you're making is, even if he did give his mate's contact, the HSE will ring his mate and say, listen, you need to self-isolate, your mate has it. But if you really want to be an idiot about it, you don't have to follow the guidelines.
1: Yeah, if you want to be an idiot, if you want to be selfish, then you do that. But, like, I think it's completely wrong. And the fact that they're reminding people, I like, know it's everywhere, but the reason why it's everywhere is because it's to remind people of this. Because sometimes people forget and that's understandable when there's so much stress and that's completely understandable but it's just a, just a gentle reminder on tv on radio on a poster it's just to remind people that we still have we're still going through a pandemic
0: and what would you say to sylvia who said and i asked her the same question there a minute ago that she would disown any friend who named her
1: well then she's not a true friend because a true friend would do that they would protect people around them protect their friends families because if you Perfection don't tell your friend you have, them. if you don't tell your friend that you have it, they're going, home. they could potentially have it. They could bring it home to someone. Then that, they're getting someone a chance to get seriously ill. I know that because I had COVID. I tested positive the 4th of January. So I only recently had it and I get them all my con- who I was close contact with and there was no harm in that.
0: And how, by the way, how did you feel when you had COVID-19? Were you okay?
1: I'm 21, Neil. I'm, okay, okay. I'm so you had very cancerous. little
0: symptoms, yeah. Okay.
1: No, I actually didn't. I was very sick. I couldn't move from my bed. I had severe back pain, leg cramps. The only symptom I potentially didn't have was conjunctivitis. I had no sense of smell, taste, cough, sore throat, headache.
0: And how are you, feeling? Not to breathe. And how are you feeling now?
1: Um, I'm fine I'm back okay. to work now but I am very tired and my,
0: my back is still sore and my muscles are there. yeah if you take, I imagine it could take a lot out of you you know um, yeah. but, but Sylvia okay Emma the point Emma's making is that you're not the one working on the front line you're not dealing with this every single day of the week um, you know you're not a very good friend if that's the kind of thing if you would <laughs> disown somebody for naming them
3: Look, at the end of the day, we have a 99.96%
0: survival
3: rate. You gave me a different five.
0: percentage there, by the way, than the last percentage <laughs> game, you gave me, but how No, I gave the same. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with Jacille that it has a very low mortality rate. Okay, but we. Very uh, low. Different we're scientists and different countries give different mortality rates, so we're not I, going to focus just, on them. But it is very high. I'm, I understand.
3: Okay. What I'm trying to say is, I, back in March, when I originally contracted COVID-19, I was tested positive, and it was like, yes, I did have the virus. I was in bed for about five days and I did have lots of taste and smell. I did have all the, the symptoms. And yes, I stayed at home. I self-isolated for 14 days. I didn't leave the house, but I didn't go. And the same way every other year, if I got a cold or a flu, I wouldn't go around to the elderly parents who have underlying health conditions. I wouldn't cough all over them and sneeze all over them. I would take precautions like I always would every other year. But this particular year, this is getting out of control. I looked at the figures back in April, and I was like, "This is not acceptable." Eighty-three people die in Ireland on average every single day. Every single. I'm aware day. of that. But the majority of people don't know about that because they they aren't reminded of it daily. Every day
0: by RT. No, no, I, I, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge fan of reminding people every single day how many people are sick or how many people are dead. I I do believe that we need to know that information and that information should be given. You know, maybe on a weekly basis or a biweekly basis or whatever. I'm not a fan of them going well, on RT every given night.
3: Given
0: every day about. No, I, I think a lot of people, even you know, a lot of knowledgeable people, have said that RT shouldn't be doing it every single night. But that's but that's a side issue. The point, Emma is, make, the point Emma is making is that you have a responsibility, you know, as part of society during this time, a difficult time for many people, that you have a responsibility, <laughs> she's saying, to let somebody know or to to let the HSE know that you were with somebody who may be COVID positive and could be wandering around spreading it to everybody. That's the point she's making. No,
3: no, it's absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, it's in the middle of winter, we're in the middle of cold and flu season, like uh, COVID has killed the flu. COVID has killed the common cold.
1: Uh, no, it hasn't. More pretend people are they... wearing masks. More people are washing their hands. That's why the flu isn't spreading as much. If people are
3: wearing masks and washing their hands, then why didn't yeah, they
1: the wh- What did we do before? I don't think people washed their hands the as much before. Why the case If the masks
3: work co- and the hand COVID.
1: Okay, if you look,
0: it, it is a difficult one for people to get their head around Emma. That according to the HSE, the reason there's no flu this year is because people are wearing masks and washing their hands and keeping their distance. But yet, COVID nineteen cases are going up. But so if masks, the point people are saying is, well, if masks and washing your hands and keeping your distance works, how come COVID nineteen is going up?
1: Because people yes. like Sylvia won't isolate when they're supposed to and they're interacting with people. Yeah, that's I how say this I is happening. Oh I know, God, but you're, you're saying it's okay saying. not to isolate. People They're like telling me that. don't isolate. I just told you when I but tested positive, I isolated for contact, fourteen days. But you're saying people who are potential close contacts that could have the virus shouldn't have to like potential. They shouldn't have, have to say it.
3: potential
1: close contacts.
3: Nobody is within close contact with anybody. Everybody is staying at home. Everybody is saying, following the guidelines. So if so, if one of your friends
1: are in your house.
0: Well, then then you have to remember, Emma's in a different situation. She's a healthcare worker, for God's sake. Because I'm a care worker.
1: I'm, but I'm 21. Like, I'm like yeah, every so young person young around. Active. I should be, like, I'm at that age where I should be going out, enjoying time with my friends. But I don't because I'm protecting others and also my friends. That's the thing. Most From people what? don't do that. Okay. I don't go to my grandparents or nothing. I haven't seen them.
0: I know that can be very tough, and it's been tough on everybody this year. That James, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? How you doing? How's it going? Good, James. Now it says on my screen, James is a scientist. Now, James, when you say you're a scientist, what what have you studied? Well,
6: I I I'm working. I just want to identify myself because I work in laboratories, and a few things I'm going to say is controversial. Okay, okay, uh,
0: well, okay, but when when you say you're a scientist, just what field are you in?
6: I'm in immunology. So immunology. It's relevant. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of things. You had a lady on there earlier, and I i, I, I don't—I do didn't get her name, but a lot of the stuff she was actually saying was correct.
0: Who? Sil- think, Sylvia, was it?
6: Um, I actually can't remember her, her name, but the point was that she was talking about 80, <coughs> 83 people dying a day. That's and, right, yes. You know...
0: Well, I think the figure is more like 79, actually, in Ireland on average. Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, if we're, we're talking about it, it's... Um the point she was making, it was not in, in general of just COVID. So about 30,000 people in Ireland
0: die per year. Last uh, year, we had a little bit less than died in 2019, surprisingly enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, that, it was that, actually, that, I think it was actually, well, it, you know, the, people are disputing this figure because it's not actually a CSO figure, although it is a, a figure of death. There was 3,000 less, I think, was the figure. And please don't quote me on that, but was roughly ballpark. 3,000 less died in 2020 than died in 2019.
6: Yeah, it's about 31,000 in 2019, right. approximately.
0: Yeah, and, and roughly 27,600, I think, or yeah. something around that in 2020. Now-
6: one of the things that struck me. But about no, can I?
0: Can I? I do want to point out, and James, just to correct that in case somebody complains about it. Sometimes those numbers increase by the time we get to March because a lot of deaths that happen that's in, in twenty twenty may not be reported to say the end of January correct. or February. But
6: but you see a ballpark. That's why yeah, I say absolutely. ballpark around yeah.
0: 31,000.
6: 30, yeah. But but if you remember, um, in two thousand and nineteen, we had a lot of trolley crisis in in country. Oh, I remember.
0: Conference. I remember it well. Yeah. Yeah.
6: And every every representative from the nursing organisations were talking about all the trolley crises right around oh, the country, I remember Leo Radka was on
0: with us last year um, telling he wanted all nursing staff not to take any holidays at Christmas because they were so overwhelmed.
6: Yep. Exactly. Now, at the moment, isn't it strange we don't actually have a trolley crisis?
0: Well, that, um, well, the reason we don't is because they're not allowed to, because they're not allowed to put people on trolleys or have hordes of people in A&E because they're concerned about the spread of COVID, isn't, it? isn't that the reason we're being told?
6: Well, OK, well, let's we'll park it for the reason, because it's very hard to get to the bottom of that. But what I can say is there's about 450 uh, free beds in this country as we speak tonight, and they're HSE figures. But when they come on the radio and they say, oh, we've got uh, more patients on COVID in the hospital, the statement is true, but what you should always ask is, at the same time, is how many beds are free. So this time last year, or sorry, in 2019, well, see, yeah, but well, beds
0: beds are worked out on a basis of having staff to occupy those beds or to to man those beds, and it's all well and good having four fifty spare beds, but if you've no staff to man them, they don't really count, and that's the problem, James, isn't it? Because well, you've at one day last week, you had seven thousand HSC staff unavailable for work.
6: You're right, and the the point is where it leads in nicely to what I want to talk about is when you send somebody, and you touched on it yourself, when when somebody goes for a test, say a laboratory test, which is a PCR, PCR test,
0: yeah,
6: um, it depends on the setting of that machine. Now the sh- machine settings can be at the CT. That's a just let's call it a, a sensitivity. It's an amplification rate of about 40, which is happening in the Republic, and it's about the same in North and, and that was verified
0: well. by Killian De Gaskin from from NPHES. yeah. Yep.
6: Now, that should be around 30. Now, what, what, you might think that's only a difference of 10, but what that effectively means is that you'll get a huge amount, majority of your
0: samples will be false. So
6: that... This is almost, when you
0: go to the higher level of 40, yes, the, a lot of them will be false.
6: If you, if you have, let's say for you five or six people in a room and you, you test them, most of them, if they have a few, uh, small fragments, they'll be amplified up that you'll actually pick that up. And even if it was the one person who was picked up as positive, it doesn't mean that they're actually...
0: I'm not not denying that. And I know the WHO only recently put out new guidelines in relation to PCR testing, I think on the 14th of January. Um, There's new guidelines being sent to all European countries and all countries around the world uh, in relation to testing that the cycles uh, should be reduced uh, and I think this is to do away with or to reduce the possibility of false positives.
6: Yeah, well, that, that's a, Well, it's, it's partly true, but the, the thing about it is you actually question yourself, um, wh- when you set the level up so high and one person tests positive and they go back to a house and they say to their friends, they're all close contacts, they, they all say, oh, I'm a close contact, I have to isolate. And if you work in an essential service, you have to come out of the system. So essentially... You have a lot of health workers who are quite healthy, but they're out of the system because it's a sort of a a, a knock-on effect absolutely. because the sensitivity was turned up. It's a domino uh, effect, absolutely. It's a, it's a domino effect. So you, you've got to come back to the basics and you say to yourself, look at the figures, how many people. The fatality rate from the disease in Ireland is 1.53%. That's, that's what it is.
0: Now, is that now when you say that's the fatality rate or the infection, Hi. is that the, the infection fatality ratio? So when you say, is that based on the amount of people who test positive or based on what they predict is the amount of people who have had COVID-19?
6: OK, that's, that's the actual figure that the HSE put out every night, the total number. OK, so that's of, of OK, well, the, then
0: that's technically inaccurate because, as we know, um, I'm not too sure how many positive cases we've had in Ireland. Ashley might look it up for me really quickly, how many positive cases we've had in Ireland, but I think it's probably somewhere over 120,000 positive cases. In and 179. 179, oh, 179 okay, Okay. all right. Yeah. So, so-, so they're basing that on 2,000 whatever it is people dying versus 179,000 exactly. cases. Okay, exactly. but, but realistically, we know there's more than 179,000 people have had COVID-19 because you're, you're we don't test everybody.
6: Yeah, but the point. Yeah, exactly. Well, so that I, I brings the
0: fatality ratio down, no, realistically, doesn't exactly. it?
6: Exactly, and this is why it's not as it's not as dangerous. Now, I just want to, uh, you, you know, make make the point on this is that if you, this is essentially an older person's disease, okay, where it affects. Well, yeah, yeah I I, w-
0: I would agree with you in some sense, but you can't deny James that, well, similar to other viruses, you know, younger people, when I say younger, those, you know, over the age of, say, 30 or so, certainly under the age of 30 doesn't seem to have affected too many people, thankfully, apart from being quite ill sometimes. But over the age of 30 or 40 years of age, we are seeing people dying. To suggest that they aren't would be wrong.
6: Yeah, well, you ask yourself the question, would you see people dying before uh, 2019? I mean, many yes. patients who are diabetic, who have respiratory conditions, um, overweight is a seriously big big problem. Absolutely. These, these people are vulnerable. But if you actually look at the actual median age of people who've died, it's about 82. Mm-hmm. 82 years of age. So you've got to ask yourself, out of the 2,700 people who died in this country uh, since it began, okay, uh, 85% of those have an underlying condition and their median age is 82 so you've got to say it to yourself, the majority, of more than half of them, I think it's about close to 60%, died in nursing homes. Many of these people were were feeble, infirm, and very poor quality of life, and they were quite vulnerable. And you know, there were a lot of heart failure, a lot of respiratory. And and, I,
0: and it's well and good as saying that, and I, and I do want to say, you know, I obviously have because there's a lot of people listening who may have lost, you know, a mother or a father or whatever, brother, or sister, or whatever, in in a nursing home. You know that some of those people may have lived a little bit longer if they had I, had didn't have COVID-19. I,
6: my own granny is, is is 94 back in back in Scotland and I'm very acutely aware of, you know, age and all of that. But the point I'm trying to make is you've got to look at the average age that somebody lives no, no, in. And, and I get that
0: and I do, I do understand yeah. that. But, I, you know, I, I know there was a whole argument in Piers Morgan the other day about the value of life. And 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 I do agree with the the just the former chief justice when I and I say that I don't believe morally we can put a value on life, but I do believe that someone's quality of life versus the quality of life of somebody who's twenty when it comes to medical intervention has to be taken into consideration. And and I get that. But what what about you know when you talk about the elderly? What about young people who've said that they've got what what is being now classed as long COVID? Uh, which is where the virus, you know, infects somebody, they get uh, symptoms, and even after the 14 days or the 10 days that they would normally yeah. have the symptoms for, they feel tired or they can't get their taste sense of taste back. Or Now, I know other viruses can last a long time, and I know there was a study, by the way, in Austria that suggested that the longest people have had this as far as 12 weeks, that they would continue to have symptoms. Is it normal for a virus to knock the socks out of you for 10 or 12 weeks? It
6: can happen with, with, with many patients. It depends on your baseline health. And it can happen. It can actually get a lot of the, the the lack of taste and smell can happen at least six, seven months. You know, but the majority.
0: But that wouldn't it, be normal with any other virus, would no, it? Is.
6: Well, well, not not the, the the taste and smell. It seems to be particular to COVID. But the fatigue uh, that you get can happen with many many post viral fatigues. You do see it. But from the point of view of the numbers of people, the, we've got to f- go back to basics here. The majority of people bounce back from this and they mightn't even know they have it. So we look at that, but getting back to the numbers, 2,700 who've actually died, if you separate, the question to ask the government is, how many people in ICU have had no underlying conditions? And based on the CDC uh, figures from the states, we're talking about 6%.
0: Okay, so, but th- but that still doesn't mean when you say that six percent of people didn't have an underlying condition, in other words, they were perfectly healthy people. They got COVID, ended up in ICU, and died. Right? Well, uh, okay, uh, I, and and this is the, the where they talk about the wording: died with or from COVID nineteen. Absolutely. Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay. And I and I accept that 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 was the turning point in their life was COVID nineteen. But in saying that, those people say somebody an underlying condition could be diabetes, for example, right? But a person with diabetes could have diabetes and live. Another 10, another 20 years. So to say, to write them off as part of the 94% that died after they were going to die anyway, that wouldn't really be the case in all of those. I admit a lot of them would have died anyway, if you want to put it that way. But many of them wouldn't. COVID-19 is what eventually was part of their demise, even though they might have had a critical or serious underlying condition.
6: Sure. I mean, but if you ask many people, you know, you might have somebody who's heading for 20 stone. They themselves say, I don't have an underlying condition. But in reality, they do or somebody that uh, smokes 20 to 40 cigarettes a day, like me. Their, their, their lung function is not as good as somebody who doesn't. And they, they themselves might say, I don't have an underlying condition. But the reality is, you know, when you add up, say, being excessively overweight, having uh, t- smoking 40 cigarettes a day, and it's quite strange for a respiratory disease, you do not see any messages from the government
0: saying, quit smoking, reduce smoking, which is would be the first thing you would look to see. Actually, ironically enough, the, the the funniest thing I probably... When I say funny, the most hypocritical thing I've seen probably over the last eight months, I was in a queue one day to go to a shop and a woman had a mask on. She looked like a reasonably healthy woman in her mid-40s. She had a mask on. And she kept pulling her mask down to pick a pull off a cigarette. And I was saying, well, ironically enough, Mrs, you've probably more chance of dying from those cigarettes than you have of going into the shop with <laughs> your mask on you. You know what I mean? So, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, so it is ironic that people are, are obviously taking on board the, the health messages. But we've tried for years to give, get people to give up smoking, which, by the way, cancer kills a third of the population on a daily yeah. basis. And yet we can't get people to give up cigarettes. Isn't it quite ironic that we can get everybody to wear a mask, but we can't get them to give up cigarettes?
6: Yeah, well, just to, to move on swiftly to just, just to, very quickly,
0: James, I'm limited for time. here. yeah. yeah.
6: Just just onto vaccines. Um, with the three vaccines coming down, you've got the Pfizer, BioNTech, and then you've got Moderna, and then you've got the the Oxford vaccine. Um, a, a lot of the population don't realise that uh, the, the the main thing about the vaccines is that it just reduces symptoms. Absolutely, so it's not for reducing death. Oh yeah,
0: you're, you're still you're still going to have cases. You're still going to have those. Uh, you know who are very vulnerable and at risk possibly succumbing to death that's still a possibility but according to Pfizer there's a 95% reduction in symptoms
6: well yeah that, yeah okay uh, that's a bit of a sleight of hand and i i, I can uh, after the show i can go into it but it, i know I, can, I know
0: i know the figures and the sample sizes that were used were quite small yeah. in relation to the trials yes i get that yeah
6: and and but what they what they yeah what they forgot to tell you was it was out of 20,000 170 uh, patients who actually had symptoms out of uh, the twenty thousand on the on the uh, yeah it
0: was quite a, quite a small sample size that they yeah. based this ninety four percent on I guess, no I, I've read that yeah. I've read that uh, uh,
6: and it, so that's quite but,
0: but I mean look the point is James even if even if the vaccine or you know I, although some scientists are saying it's not really vaccine by definition but but even if the vaccine if it reduces the amount of people that will die from it or that will get serious symptoms even and end up you know in hospital sure wouldn't that be a good thing.
6: Well, you see there's other ways to get to the top of the mountain and the first thing that's where i come back to the smoking thing is for many people you say those who are smokers reduce that get more exercise take vitamin d and that improve your general health like,
0: absolutely we,
6: this thing started back in in, in march you can say in ireland If people started that those health messages every
0: day. I I couldn't agree with you more, James. If we had spent as much time on RTE or everywhere else telling people to be healthy, you know, take their vitamin C, their zinc, whatever it happens to be, I certainly think a lot of people may have been healthier and better immune systems and may have fought it a little better, but we didn't do that. And we should. That's all part of it. I'm not saying it cures it, but certainly reduces your possibility of having dangerous symptoms.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear on the radio every day people are talking about terminology that's used slightly incorrectly when they say Sweden went for the herd immunity approach. Herd immunity is where is a destination where you arrive at. What Sweden what Sweden has been was hammered for in the initial days was the high early deaths that they had in the nursing home. Quite quite similar to here in in, in the not in the numbers but in, in in the fact that a lot of people died there. But what's a very interesting observation from Sweden is that you look at the numbers dead in Sweden now, it's around 10,000, okay, for a population of of, of 10 10 million. But they didn't have any hard lockdowns and they didn't have the mask mandates. But compared to other countries in Europe of similar size uh, who have about 10 million people, they're actually doing better. Countries that have had harsh lockdowns yeah, like not not
0: compared to all of them, but compared to, compared to some, yes, they have.
6: Well, well, see, once you show that that there's no major difference whether you have a, a lockdown... Well, I could
0: give you the same comparison. People were only comparing the other day on television, actually, I watched it on TV. They were comparing California to Florida, which essentially states in America are like different countries. As you know, Florida doesn't have lockdowns or they don't have mandates, whereas California does have very strict mandates and lockdowns. And California yeah. has much higher cases and much higher debt rate. I don't disagree. That's right. And, and so, I, I and I know there was a there was a paper published by Stanford University uh, going back on I think it was the fourth of January. And I know Dr. John Lee, when he was on with us last week, spoke about this paper, saying that according to this particular published paper, and I'm sure there's many that disagree with us, that lockdowns don't make a difference. So, I but you know scientists are, di- disagree with each other, James, and this all the time. Every scientist I listen to has a different view.
6: But you just go on the figures and you look at Belgium, the, uh, the home of where the EU is in Brussels. They've the worst record in Europe. Uh, far worse than Sweden. They've had uh, quite strong lockdowns. Czech Republic have had three lockdowns. Far worse than Sweden. And, and more know, deaths yeah, per
0: exactly. head of population. But,
6: but, yeah, but people don't know, not just per head of popula- population. You actually look at the impact on the indirect COVID deaths when you have the the uh, deferred operation. Sweden hasn't closed its, its health service the way other countries have. And you have people committing suicides, as that lady said. You have uh, situations where cardiac op- operations are deferred.
0: No, I, and I, I, I agree with all of that. And I do believe that the long-term damage to society and the unqu- unquantifiable deaths in the next 10 to 15 years related to non-COVID illness, I, I think, is going to devastate us. And I think the cure will be worse than the disease. And I, I couldn't agree with you more in relation to James, I've run out of time. I do, I do apologise, all right? Uh, and thank you very much indeed for coming on. I appreciate it, all right? <laughs>